So it's 33 degrees right now uh, here in the Toyota Studios. Uh, Ouch. I wow. guess it's a little warmer inside the Toyota Studios because I got the heat on uh, until it gets warm enough that I can turn off the engine. We're here after uh, the Knicks beat the Wizards. I'm Jesse from the internet. Got Ace from the internet and James from the internet here. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Tired. <laughs> but good. I'm all right, man. I was pulling for a Knicks loss, but they pulled it out, so... Can't have yeah, everything, they sure I guess. did. And I usually start these shows with an Arizona iced tea, but not tonight. The bodega only had one kind of 40. Budweiser. Wow. So for Jalen Brunson, this Bud's for you. 41 against the Wizards. Absolutely shameful that the Knicks needed Jalen Brunson to get 41 against the Wizards to beat the Wizards. But second game back-to-back. Josh Hart out of the lineup. Julius Randle playing like a doofus after the first quarter. Uh, and the Knicks win again. They have beaten everybody they played that has an under 500 record. And they are actually good. But they are not so good as that I have having title expectations about them. And I feel like this is the most perfect, happiest place I could be as a Knicks fan, like in the last. 30 years, like including the 20, you know, the, the mellow stat run, like, cause those teams had legit title hopes. This team isn't there yet. They're just not. Yeah. So this is great. I'm glad to be annoyed did, about a win over the wizards. Did they have legit title hopes? Are you sure about that? They were in chasing the, the top seed in the East. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I mean, no, okay. they never had legit title hopes because they were fundamentally flawed and, like, lost for all the reasons that they lost. But they had hopes. I'm, I'm thinking that you're, like, 10, you know, 10, 12 years smarter about the NBA. And, and at the time, you thought they had legitimate title hopes, which I'll give you that. But I think no. that is also – let's to, to just be clear here, that is also the time that I was – covering the New York Rangers and the NHL uh, and then and then baseball after that. But 2011 to 13 was the time that I was specifically a hockey writer, which meant that I missed out on some of the best Knicks basketball of my adult life until mm. now. Um, it's basically been like I got I was in college when they had the series against the Raptors that started the long streak of futility. Um uh, yeah, it was a freshman in college when they went to the 99 finals. So I missed I missed the good part, and now we're here. And James, if you want to rain on that and tell us why I should not be so optimistic, um, please go ahead. <laughs> no, uh, I really I really can't, man, because um, after the way the year went last year, I thought the Knicks kind of hit a wall. You know what I mean? A ceiling. Um, I was never the biggest Julius Randle fan. He was great. Two years ago, and then last year he looked like a really down year. And then right, and that went right. Last year he was pretty disappointing. Last year, right, a lot of a lot of anger at the refs, and 
he just was really up and down last year, right? It wasn't a good season for Julius last year, um, even if you guys made the playoffs. And I thought, all right, well, they're, they're a middle-of-the-pack team, not a lot of uh, flexibility. And then Brunson changes everything, man. Um, just, you know, great connections to have with his dad in the front office. I and mean, I'm not one of the people. I think that's awesome. I mean, it is how it is. Relationships build things in the NBA. Um, uh, the, the Mavericks were, were foolish chasing stars. I'm doing air quotes, right? Stacey and Char, because they got Kyrie uh, for, what, an extra $15 million a year when I think they're very comparable players as far as impact-wise right now. Kyrie is the headline guy. Jalen gets it done. You know what I mean? Kyrie's going to miss games. Um, Kyrie's all flat. Not all flash. Kyrie's a good player. Jalen's a great player in his own right. Um, so, yeah, that's, Cuban should be kicking himself every day. The Knicks... They made a great play. Uh, I think we 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 all know this. In the last few years, a big thing with the Knicks is like, well, if they're not going to win the championship, we don't want him. We don't want to sign that guy. He's good, but we want a superstar. They finally went and got a guy who was not a superstar, but a really good player, and it's paying dividends, man. He's good. I love watching Brunson. Um, I respect what the Knicks have done. They, they're at the terms of the real team after the last few years of kind of like you know flopping around out there. So. Sure, it can always be, you know, screw James Dolan, but they I, I respect the fact that Knicks have a good team to root for. Yeah. Let's, uh, agree. <laughs> I, I hate to say it though. I do hate to say it because last year with that bing bong, y'all got on my nerves so damn bad. That was can... like everyone like that was the bane of everyone's existence. Like no one cared for the bing bong. And they still play it in MSG. Like when I'm watching the streams and stuff, like I hear it playing on the intercom. I'm like, oh my God. Like they just need to retire that. I don't know how that became like the thing. And that guy, was, the actual guy that said it is very annoying, apparently, to people on Twitter, on Nick's Twitter. <laughs> so, but yeah. It was good in a moment and then faded away. It should not have gone beyond the one season when it happened. That is. For sure. Um, you mentioned Mark Cuban. You mentioned screw James Dolan. Um, yeah. Screw James Dolan. Let's uh, let's just sit on that for a moment. Uh, mentioned in, a, in sentences with Harvey Weinstein and sexual assault allegations. I feel I felt bad because my initial immediate reaction was uh, the obvious one. It was the obvious, maybe this is what finally gets Dolan out of the paint. Um, and, you know, good for good for the woman to come out and, and hopefully get her justice. Uh, and but it's like, I read that, I was like, James Dolan. And when, like, I think Harvey Weinstein was like the si sixth and seventh words in the Woj tweet. And I was like, I didn't even finish the tweet. I was like, is this it? Is he going to go? Dolan, Weinstein, what's the rest of this? Oh, that sounds terrible. But, uh, okay, is he going to go? Am I a bad person? No. No, no, because we we all, we all you know, we all have empathy. And we're pulling for, uh, you know, the victim, obviously. Um, and, yeah, it's, you know, you never want to hear. I can feel for you guys. You don't want to hear your franchise be tied to something so just disgusting. You know what I mean? Even even tangentially. So, yeah, it's, yeah. fuck that. He's been so out of the picture since um, since Worldwide Wes and Leon Rose took over. Not that not that Wes and Leon Rose have really been uh, anywhere, as the Knicks writers will the Knicks B writers will complain 
to no end that they've been completely inaccessible. Um, yeah. Which is such a funny thing. Like, what are they going to say? If they don't want to answer the questions when they're not showing up to talk to you, what do you think they're actually going to say if they ever do show up to talk to you? You think you're actually going to get those quotes? Yeah. And the non-story is really the story. Like, if they're not answering you, like, that's a story in itself. Like, write about that. To write about the inaccessibility. Either way, you're going to get something to write about. But Especially yeah. after years and years of Nick's front office leaks. You know what I mean? It's always something about that. So yeah. must, you guys, again, must love the fact that now it's airtight. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's really nothing that gets out. Like, I, I was just talking about this earlier with uh, – I was in a space, which like I never do because Nick's Twitter Ew. spaces are like, yeah, they're very, <laughs> they're like 99% miss and then like 1% hit. And the 1% hit is uh, my friend Sean's space that he does because he's with the Nick's wall and stuff. So like, I'm going to hop in there. I know it's not going to be like chaos. Um, and they weren't like freaking out about like the grime stuff and like the players linked to the Knicks or anything. But I hopped in and I was just like, guys like no one has ever no one that they've traded for in the last two seasons aside from maybe Derrick Rose was like actually leaked out before it happened no one knew the OG trade was going to happen no one knew the Josh Hart trade was going to happen I highly doubt that they're going to leak out who they're actually trying to go for for this like mystery bench creation that they need on the trade market is going to be so this front office is very like they're they're running a very tight ship. Like nothing gets out, absolutely nothing, um, which is nice because it's like I don't have to sit around and like be upset at the Knicks all day every day, which I feel like I did a lot of in the last couple of years. So yeah, it's a it's a nice time to be a Knicks fan, which is strange. Uh, <laughs> but here we are, new era. Uh, James, I'm curious from from your perspective outside of Nick's fandom. Um, Ace and I are very much in agreement that Emmanuel quickly can do no wrong. Um, he is God's chosen child. Um, hope that he scores 85 points a game for the Toronto Raptors for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. And really, he should be able to do that because he's that good. Um, what what is your view of that and uh, of both that trade for the Raptors and, and what they got with quickly and Barrett and, and then for the Knicks. And I did not know before he got here that OG Ananobi would be such a quality Tibbs dude. I I knew he would be a Tibbs dude. Um, and just because of how he is and who he is, he, he plays defense. He's no nonsense. He has a really dry sense of humor. You guys are going to get to see that uh, as he goes on. I think a lot of people think he's just boring interviews, but if you listen to him, he's actually funny. I thought it was a great trade, man. Um, I was never really high on RJ Barrett. He's a prototypical, seems like a prototypical kind of wing, but he doesn't play defense. He's a little too, he was a little too inefficient for you guys. And now there's no expectations on him, right? Playing in New York is just different as everything else. We all know that. Playing in New York is just a whole different animal. And while he didn't fail, I'm pretty sure we all can agree he he wasn't really living up to expectations, right? He wasn't horrible. You know, he was averaging almost 20, I think. And but, you know, too many long stretches of, you know, bad shots and missed shots. Not a very smart player, it seems like. Now he's in, you know. So for him, they got uh, – the Raptors got quickly in him. They got two quality young guys uh, around Scotty Barnes, who's their guy. Quickly, I, I said on the other day on Twitter, I got zero pushback. He reminds me a lot of uh, Tyrese Maxey, right? Because, sure, they play a lot alike, and they're both quick as hell. 
Um, he hasn't had the same developmental arc, of course. Tyrese uh, Maxey got the you know the, the reins and he really blew up. While quickly, maybe he gets to, maybe he doesn't. But even as he is now, he's a really quality you know kind of starting starting point guard. Um, OG, he definitely between him, Hart, and uh, and your boy Jalen, you got, you guys have a, a trio that is from outside looking in is very likable. Right. Uh, I, that's why it's kind of I begrudgingly give you guys your props as you turn your beer up, because, I mean, they're they're likable. They all play the like I hate when people say play the right way, but they approach the game the right way. They're not about flash. They're not about like beating their chest, which I don't care if guys do. Right. I like the fact Julius had that kind of fiery personality. And those those other guys, Jason, even you know, Jason Hart and and uh and Jalen and and OG, they're just like cool as cucumbers, you know what I mean? And I really like that, man. So um, the basis is there. Um, people got mad at old girl on ESPN when she said what she said, and she was a little harsh about Jalen. She was a little kind of blunt about it, but it's true. It's really hard to like win big when you're small. Your your lead guy, your best player is six one, you know what I mean? And unless he's a super duper athlete, and or unless he's the best shooter of all time, so. Um, one more player, one more high-level player, and the Knicks will be somebody to really worry about. But even now, on any given night, you know, it's a coin flip. They can come out and bust you in the mouth, and they'll they'll beat you by twenty, or you might have a bad night some nights. But yeah, it's I can see it. I can see it, man. You guys, great trade. OG, I like OG a lot. Ace, let, let me ask you this about Becky Hammond. Are are you still uh, harboring a little bit of a grudge from the finals? Because I am. Oh, I added man. to it for me to be like, you just came in here and beat us, and I had to watch that game for in person. Let's uh, yeah, stop no. talking about New York for a minute, <laughs> Becky. I think the annoying thing is that Becky Hammond is like such a joy to talk to, <laughs> like about basketball that it's like really hard to have gotten mad at her for that take. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, even with like the Liberty Aces rivalry, like stuff. Like, it still was like, all right, like, I still got to kind of, like, take off my seafoam hat for a second and be like, she's not lying. Like, you guys are mad, and I get why you're mad, because you see what he does, you know, night in and night out. Jalen Brunson is more often than not the best player on the floor for either team, but she's not wrong. Like, he's not – that's – he needs help. Julius Randle, in theory, is the help. Um you know, which is funny because Brunson was supposed to be the help for Julius Randle. And I feel like the roles have reversed and now Jalen needs the help from him. And yeah, like she's, she was definitely spot on with that take. And I, I was very shocked at how many people were like up in arms about it. But from like that Liberty perspective, I was like, I have to just like pretend like I wasn't just like rooting for <laughs> the Aces to get swept, um, which would have been impossible because um, Asia Wilson is a god. But yeah, no, that was that was weird. That was a really weird moment, I guess, for me <laughs> in terms of just like putting aside those uh, New York biases. What is, and I think you know, for me, it's, the second round is where the Knicks belong this year. Um, if they don't make it to the second round, it's a disappointment. If they make it to the conference finals, they've exceeded expectations. Do you guys feel pretty much the same on them right now? And 
who do you think is is in the Eastern Conference Finals? Is it as simple as as Boston, Milwaukee, or is or is it the Knicks or somebody else? I think Boston will be in there. I think Boston's definitely going to be in the conference <laughs> finals. Like as much as it it, it hurts, <laughs> it really hurts. But it kind of feels like this is like it for them. And if they don't get the title this year, like there are going to be some very interesting questions for them. Um, but I really don't see who's going to beat them in a game of seven series. I really don't. Um, so I think that they're going to be in the conference finals. Other than Boston, I don't see who the Knicks can't beat to get there um, at their best or playing at their best. So, like, not what we saw tonight. Like, tonight was like they would get mollywopped by whoever they're playing in that scenario. But the Knicks can definitely beat Milwaukee. They can definitely beat Philadelphia. Miami scares me the most aside from Boston for the Knicks, because Miami just always has our number no matter what. But I don't see who they can't beat. Miami's like the candy man of the NBA because I feel the same way almost about Miami because I I think – I look at Boston. Sorry to cut you off. I just think about that. Yeah, no. Everybody says the same thing. Everybody's like Miami like this because no matter what they do, we know they're in the playoffs. Spo was gonna craft up some kind of voodoo, and they're gonna they're gonna do some shit to really just piss you off every year. Best every case, year. you're going ridiculous. seven. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, I was happy even like I know you know it was still sad that the Knicks got eliminated, but like I was happy with even the game six getting pushed to like the last few minutes, and that mm. being sort of like where it was decided. Because I was like, all right, like they almost got him. Like that would have been fun, but. When I saw we had Miami after beating the Cavs, I was like, this sucks <laughs> because I knew that it was going to be over. Like, Spo always has Tibbs' number. Like, it, that's just a thing. Um, and I knew that Julius was already hurt. It was going to be basically all on Jalen. And from there, it was just a disaster class. Like, just not a good time. But, yeah, no. Um I don't know if it's possible with like the bracketing or how the seating is going to work out, but like Celtics Knicks Eastern Conference Finals would probably be my my like really spicy take if possible. Is this a safe space? Yeah, go ahead. So I'm a Celtics fan, but you can't tell anybody what I'm going to tell you. None of this shit Boston's doing really matters to me right now. Hmm. I'm with her. Um, maybe not this year. Maybe not this year, right? But. Very, very shortly, Boston has some decisions to make for the simple fact that Drew wants a big contract. Derek White has earned his contract. They just signed Porzingis. We know that second apron, right? I'm not a super CBA kind of guy, but they're they're in that territory where soon it's going to be extremely prohibitive to have that team together. Somebody's going to have to go. I've already kind of accepted the fact that Jalen Brown probably won't be on this team in three or four years, and he's my favorite player. Wow. I've accepted yeah. that fact because that the money he's making, the money Tatum's about to make, it's just going to be astronomical. And if they don't win a championship, there's no way that the owner's going to be like, all right, I'll keep paying this exorbitant tax to keep a team that's that keeps, you know, loop bowing out in the conference finals. It's not going to happen. So also another thing I'm going to admit to you guys, I realized it was Marcus Smart. It was uh, they brought in Derek White, Drew, Drew Holiday's here. Everyone keeps saying Boston needs a point guard because of their crunch time in the offense. It's not a point guard. 
Tatum and Brown just have to be better. That's all it is. Because no matter what, Tatum's mm-hmm. going to have the ball in his hands late. It's just going to be – they could have prime Chris Paul, and guess what? Tatum's going to have the ball late because that's who he is now. He's a top five to ten player. He's about to get a max contract. He's entering his prime. This is his team. And Jalen Brown, it, he should be satisfied being a second banana, and that's fine. They play – I don't think they have any beef, but their games don't really – I love having two big wings. They don't really mesh. But no matter what, if it comes down to playoffs and it's the crunch time and it's they're behind in the game six – they just can't turn the ball over. They can't take bad shots. They they can't get tunnel vision. That's all it comes down to. So this is fun. I love watching Boston win. I love the fact that everybody's giving their props in the league. I love Porzingis as a third piece, but it all comes down. Brown can't turn it over eight times. Tatum can't go five for 20 in, in a closeout game. That's all it comes down to. They got to be better this year. James, I'm surprised that you're saying – Nothing that they're doing right now matters. It doesn't. This regular season doesn't matter. They went to the finals two years ago, and then they, last yeah. year was a disappointment when they lost in Game 7 in the East Conference Finals. None of this – and I, as a fan, I love to watch it, and I love the fact that I watch these players grow, but I can't give them flowers right now because this is what they're supposed to do. When you when you add if another I- near-max guy and you're just winning games, this is what you're supposed to do. That's fun. It's right. Mm-hmm. If they're losing, I blame them. So they're winning, but it's like, you know what? Chris Rock had a famous skit. People all want credit for doing what they're supposed to do. I take care of my kids. Motherfucker, you both take care of your kids. So that's where I'm at. Boston right now is just raising his kids the way it's supposed to. I'm not going to give him props for that. The, the one part of it is the undefeated at home. Yeah, that's cool. If, still if I were a Celtics fan, I'd be so into that. Like, oh, man. Especially because they did it in 86. Like, that to me is one of that's that's like the most incredible thing to to go undefeated at home for a whole year. And I don't well, know they're going to do. It's it. awesome. They probably yeah. won't. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I love it. It's nice. I love the wins. I love when they blow teams out. I love to be able to say, "Huh, your team lost tonight." You know, it couldn't be me. It's just I know that in the big scheme of things, in the, in the macro sense, it doesn't matter. Boston has to at least get to the finals, and not even if they lose, they have to make the team beat them. They can't flame out. Right. If the other team just beats them, if Jokic goes supernova and averages 30, 20, and 15, and they lose in the finals, that's all you can do. Right. And I think the ownership will say, well, we're, we're right there. We got beat by a supernova performance by Jokic, by Jokic and, and, and Tatum and Brown averaged 25 each, and we did everything we could. We just lost, and that's okay. That'd be, it would hurt. It would suck. But that's, but yeah, if they get to the East Conference finals and losing six to Milwaukee, or, you know, somebody take Brown twists an ankle and they lose in the second round in a seven game series to the Miami Heat, that's a disappointment. None of this matters. So, is there? I'll, I'll take this back. To you, you guys, you guys just can't tell anybody about what I just said. All right. No, not at all. It's not on a podcast or anything. Um, yeah. So it's certainly not out in the public public domain or anything like that. <laughs> uh, you, you brought up Jokic. Are we all just sleeping on, like, how? easily they ran through everybody in the playoffs last year and the fact that I don't think anybody in the league has stepped up so much that there's a real reason to believe that those dudes are going to be challenged again. I know Jokic isn't having as special of a season, but he's he's still an impossible matchup for everybody. Yeah. He's, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to cut you off. I don't know you're still asking the question. 
you're good. Okay. Um, but no, I mean, Denver was my pick, like early prediction for this season to repeat just because of that. I didn't see who could really challenge them in the postseason because of what you said, the way that they just ran through literally everybody. Um, the Lakers series especially was just so dominant that I can't help but feel like even against a team, let's say like the Timberwolves that could probably give them the most trouble just in terms of matchups, just because they are so big and can match up so well with Jokic and with Aaron Gordon and just like their strength and size, even that team, I feel like they could just definitely maybe five, six games take care of it. Um, Denver definitely scares me the most but it's like I don't think about them because I guess they're like in the west so it's like out of sight out of mind don't have to worry about it but Denver is definitely the scariest team I think and I don't remember the west ever like for a long time being this it doesn't feel like there's a challenger for them um one thing I will say about Denver is that a big part of what made them so special was guys like Bruce Brown um, and Uncle Jeff, right, uh, old man Jeff Green, the fact that those guys can come in and give them really quality minutes deep in the playoffs, and both those guys are gone, and now they're replacing them with first- and second-year guys. So that would be one thing. Um, another funny fact about them is people, the theory is that Joker is, is, is on purpose dampening down his game because he's tired of the MVP buzz. That's always hilarious to me. Um <laughs> But no, it's a long season, right? And we know he's probably pacing himself. Uh, him and him and uh, the guard, what's his name? What's wrong with him right now? Uh, Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Jamal, Jamal Murray. Yeah, they're probably just kind of pacing themselves. It's, we, I think last year they it's went Canadian. through a spell. You don't of, have like, to think about him too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, last week they went through a spell of about three or four weeks when they were really bad. They were like less than 500, and their coach was ripping. Oh, the defense, they're not playing, no life. So it happens, right? It's the dog days of the season. Um, but I do think losing – some of that uh, corporate knowledge and some of their veteran depth, plus the fact that I think maybe LeBron James and Anthony Davis being healthy with a little more size around them. I don't believe in the Lakers, but they, you know, even as a sweep, it was a, it was a, you know, they played them, you know, close down to the last minute in a couple of those games. Um, I, I don't believe in the Clippers, but if Clippers are healthy, we'll see, right? We we know James Harden. Let's see. Um, yeah, I, you're right, Phoenix. I like what Phoenix did, but. They're not on the same level. They don't have the depth. I, I, you know, I'm still like a homer, but yeah, I think Boston, just the fact that Boston can play every way. They have size. They have shooting at every position. They, we're about, we're one, maybe one role player away, one more quality wing away. Um, yeah, man, I, I think Boston would give them a real hard game. I'm not sure about Milwaukee. Same problem Milwaukee has is the depth. Right, Dame and Dame and Giannis are great. I think around them, everyone else is a little creaky right now. Um, I don't believe in um, Jay Crowder being that guy anymore. So, yeah, uh, Denver should be the odds-on favorite. I know Boston is the the Cinderella, like the golden child right now. But yeah, I, I still think if it comes down to it again, just the fact that they they play so cool and they figure things out in the way that Boston hasn't shown they can do. Yeah, I think I think on my just sort of idiots ledger i would lean towards denver over boston just because i think it's easier for denver to get through the west than it is for boston to get through the east i think that 
between Miami and Milwaukee, there's multiple pitfalls where like, I think the Clippers getting hot shooting is pretty much the only way that Denver's not going to the finals. But there's still the trade deadline to come in. I think part of the, part of the trade deadline is what you brought up with the Denver's, you know, Denver missing Jeff Green and those and Bruce Brown. You can get those sorts of dudes at the deadline a lot easier than you can get like the the piece that's really going to put you over the top if you're say the Knicks. And oh, I'm curious you know, to to take it back to the Knicks, they've got Brunson and Randall, and then they've got Josh Hart and Hartenstein are real good starters alongside them, guys who can fit in real well. Mm-hmm. I love Dante DiVincenzo, but he's a sixth man. Mm-hmm. That's what he needs to be on this team. Um, I think you could make the argument that Josh Hart really should be too, but he's vital for what this team is. He's going to be in the starting lineup. Uh, if you guys are the Knicks, you guys have certainly more league-wide knowledge than I do. Uh, who should who should I be hoping for the Knicks to to bring in in these next couple of weeks? You got anybody? My pie in the sky ask from the front office would be Jordan Clarkson. I love the idea of Jordan Clarkson on the Knicks because I think that his shooting and just ability to create his own shot would be huge um, for the team to have somebody that's able to do that outside of Brunson and Randall. Um, they lost that trading quickly away. Um, I guess in a way lost that with RJ, but RJ was nowhere near the score that quickly is and will become. Um, for the Raptors, which breaks my heart, but we move on. <laughs> um, but Jordan Clarkson would be awesome. I think like in a smaller sense, um, I would love them to poke around on Kobe White. I think he would be a very interesting bench piece for them, but I don't think Chicago is going to give him up because they definitely no found something in him. Um, but before before he started to go off, I was like, he he would be pretty fun like just to have on the bench and just have that youth coming off the bench again that you lost again with quickly. Um, and then like the other like boilerplate name that I see keep being brought up is Malcolm Brogdon. Um, that seems like the most gettable option for them. Cause Portland is just doing so poorly. And so they'd probably be like, please just give us like a pick and take him. <laughs> I imagine um, maybe throw in like Evan Fournier's contract if they're feeling generous um Brogdon would be a super solid bench guard um for the Knicks and I think that's literally all they need so that Brunson doesn't like blow his knees out um within the next month playing the minutes that he has since the trade uh those are the couple of names star trades like I have no idea I literally don't I don't know um but those are like the real basic lower tier trades that I would love for the Knicks to try to explore um, some of which would probably involve Quentin Grimes, unfortunately. Yeah, which is crazy because what they one thing that you guys are lacking is shooting. I think and you need a little more, a little more shooting. And Grimes is supposed to provide that. I know he's been in and out the lineup. I was thinking Scary Terry out of Charlotte, man. Um, he's a lot. 
pretty efficient scorer this year. Um, I mean, instant offense off the bench. He's fine playing off, off another league guard like he did off LaMelo. He can start if need be. You want to give uh, give Jalen a rest. I think this year he's averaging almost 24 a game on, you know, like 59% true shooting. Not the smartest player. Not going to wow you defensively. Um, but, you know, if you want another score. But it's tough, man, because, yeah, it's like almost like robbing Peter to pay Paul if you start talking about moving grinds and moving shooting. But they definitely uh, – a two-guard with a little more size and who can knock down shots. I, it's, it's, it's easy to say, but it's hard to find, right? So, yeah, you know what? Bruce Brown is going to be on the market here. He might be on the market oh, here soon. Man. That would be hilarious. You know? They should do another deal with Toronto just to, like, <laughs> just throw everybody off. Like, I know we're suing each other, but, like, just one more time. Like, let's just hey, get Hey, let's this do this the other solid. Um, <laughs> but um, I can't think of anybody else, really. Shooter with size. Yeah. Why would, why would the Blazers – want to absorb money that's uh, that's something that i've seen in the last few hours really before we got on here and i haven't had a chance to really look into why why are the blazers looking to are are they like not paying everybody are they near the floor i think so i think the blazers have a lot of cap space where they can absorb and right now would like you know for get to get picks they would take money let me go look at their contract while we're talking but uh, i mean they're uh they're, they're okay, sheets while we're but Malcolm yeah. would be really nice for them, I think, for the Knicks, right? Because, look, when he's healthy, that's, that was my my one. I'm always going to just wonder what if. He got hurt before that series in that series in Miami. That elbow was gone. He, he lost all the right. shooting touch, right? That, yeah. that was obvious. And, like, the fact he even tried, actually kind of torpedoed us. He came in the game and it was, like, minus 15, like, six minutes or some nonsense. And that was that, – that, that started the, the avalanche, so – but Malcolm Brown is a good player. Um, is, is he in the last year of his deal? I think. I think he has two more years. But I think the money's not even crazy, right? It's like seventeen no. million a year or something. Yeah. So like yeah. Malcolm would be great. He'll again back up Brunson, play beside Brunson at times. Brunson sits. He'll start. Um, he's not the best playmaker, right? He's, he's he looks to score. We know what he likes to do, but he can he can get buckets and he'll make the he'll make the right pass same five percent of the time. So it's I I. I I think it would make it make you guys better, right? It makes things better. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I think that's just what they need. Literally, just someone to come off the bench and like know what they're doing. Because right now the bench is Dante starting. So right now it's Josh Hart, Precious Achua, God bless him, um, Grimes, Deuce McBride, and Grimes, and it is a pretty terrible product. Um, Tibbs has been trying to like throw in like Jalen or Randall or OG like with them to I guess stabilize things but it's like not not at all working um with Jalen it does but that's because Jalen's Jalen and he's able to just get things to work but other than him throwing any of the other starters with with them has just been a nightmare like there's literally multiple screenshots from the last couple of games since the trade that people have taken of like the little like msg graphics that are like the knicks were scoreless for the last 10 minutes of this quarter and just going on so many runs like that when the bench unit is in they just need somebody to to get buckets so i do really like the terry rosier um uh proposal because that's basically what he does he just goes out there and gets buckets so that would be awesome but brogdon i think is probably the more Likely. I think uh, Scary Terry said he wanted to play for Miami, which scares me. 
Yeah. <laughs> real quick, real quick backtrack. Real quick backtrack. We're rolling the Blazers. They're not. They're they're like they only got like less than six million dollars of cap space. So it's not like they have a huge bunch of space. So yeah, you got whatever you send out, you're gonna have to. It's gonna. It's not about you know sending out big salaries to to the Blazers then. So. But if if they're looking to make picks to get picks, that makes uh, that makes sense why they'd be willing to take on money. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll take a, like you said they take Evan maybe Evan Fournier's contract for Brogdon. You send Evan Fournier's contract and picks, so the mm-hmm. salaries are pretty close, and then they get their picks. They get Brogdon off the books, sure, maybe. So yeah, the Knicks do have some picks, and most of them Quite are uh, fairly useless, but have some value on. They have more value on the trade market, I think, than they do to the Knicks as a team at this point. Especially like you're busy trading. R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel quickly, and you know, possibly Quentin Grimes. These are the dudes that were just your. You'd like to keep some of the picks so that you can continue to have a pipeline of young talent, but like things have changed in in fairly short order. To this is a building thing. To oh no, Jalen Brunson is here now, and he's getting MVP chance for a reason. Um, yeah. Let's try to speed this process up a bit, and. Man, Jalen's mom was in the stands again tonight, and they cut to her when the MVP chants were happening. You could see her, like, you could see her in, in her face. Like, she wasn't holding back tears quite. Like, it wasn't like that, but it was, like, trying not to have the real big smile and let everybody know because it was still, like, no, this team is still. She had the same opinion. She had the same, like, face as, as a Nick fan at that moment. Like, boy, he really is great, but. This should not be so hard against the fucking wizards. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty tough watch, but I'm glad that they they pulled it out. I feel like they just made it so much more dramatic than it had to be, and which they do often. So used to it at this point. <laughs> yeah. As real quick, I'll backtrack. I want to say real quick about the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah. The one X factor they have that boy Anthony Edwards. Like mm-hmm. sure, Denver Joker Joker is probably the, you know, the best player in that series, but. Who is going to guard Anthony Edwards on that team? That would be the question, right? I think uh, Aaron Gordon's too big. He's not fast enough. Everyone else is too small. Um, you know, Denver's not the greatest defensive team anyway. They can lock down possession, certain possessions. They did great in the playoffs last year when they needed to. But I can see Anthony Edwards just kind of going nuclear and really having his, his like, boom, I'm here kind of moment on the, on the big stage in a perfect world. Yep. I still feel like with Minnesota, the problem is Rudy Gobert's going to come in and goof us it up at any moment. Yeah. We saw that, you know, we'll see. I, I, I'm pleasantly surprised by him this year in Minnesota, but we know yeah. in the playoffs, teams, teams put him in space and kind of go to work and space him out. And, like, we saw it, right? Terrence, Terrence Mann and the Clippers ran him ragged that one year. So let's see. Let's see. We'll see. One French dude I trust, and that's Tony Parker. You don't leave him around your wife. <laughs> yeah, I don't trust him. Trust him that way. I trust him on the basketball court. That's a that's a good point. Because that was that was his teammate who trusted him. He <laughs> what a scumbag! It's always amazing to me what a scumbag Tony Parker is, and people just kind of skate over it. What a scumbag! I forgot, dude. I forgot. Yeah, everybody forgets about that. They traded the dude who he took his he, he broke the guy's wife and his wife up. Then they traded the dude because Tony Parker was Tony Parker. It was pretty impressive. They trade his wife too. <laughs> I mean, 
the wife probably hung around because they she, yeah she stuck around <laughs> tony cheated on evil on goria bro like what's happening right now so oh my God. that you know what that's, that's pretty generational um, bag fumbling like that is that's a, which a bigger bigger bam, bag fumbled tony parker or ime udoka because oh, had say, Nia. Nia yeah, but Nia's out here tweeting about how great Dave Chappelle is. That was uh that was what made me think. Ime, you you might have fumbled the bag, but you also dodged a bullet, my friend. Good point. Good point. You know, still salute to Dave Chappelle's early work. Uh, oh, absolutely. I just yeah. Show's classic. Classic. He just uh, he went off at a. a an end and that end was deep i just i don't i just want him just to be a regular funny guy and get off this this one topic he's so on i don't get it you know what i mean <sighs> sure he has yeah. the right to i might whatever but dude it's it's look who's agreeing with you and laughing with you man sometimes you gotta look at look at who's really propping you up when you're doing certain things if, if the wrong people are laughing with you then maybe it's time to just back off and go back to just being a a regular hilarious comedian and just stop this it's... crusade it's also the classic thing. He's punching down, and that's not good comedy. Yeah, that's just not good. Yeah, yeah. No matter who you're and going after, his, his, him is pride, right? People told me can't, so you're not going to shut me up. Mm-hmm. All right, bro. It's been like four specials now. We, you've proven it. You, you got it. You got it. You can put the bone down. You, you shoot it, or you drop it, and move on to something else. You know what I mean? I, yeah. What, what happened with him is fascinating too, because like. He was, you know, at I went to a show at the Comedy Cellar and he was like peak of his powers and walked in to do like a surprise set because he was working on some new stuff and all anybody wanted to hear was Charlie Murphy. <laughs> and people just kept yelling at the stage, I'm Rick James, bitch! Like his whole set. And he was like understandably so pissed off. Like he's like, Dude, I'm trying to do some different stuff here. Right. What you're saying is all on TV already. I'm I'm here to work on some new stuff. And it was it was just a rough scene and I think that like the fame got too big for him and like him being told like you got to do this, you know, these these are your bits. Um mm. and I think that yeah, you can go down you could go down some bad paths after that, and um, and he did. But I bad. think another thing it's, is that you know we know Chappelle came up kind of kind of rough, you know, and he was a man of the people. He was a you know he he grinded up through the through the through the process of being a comedian. Now he's a multimillionaire. He can isolate himself on his ranch or his farm farmland he lives on, and he has so much money. I think he sort of lost connection with the common man. You know what I mean? It's hard. Mm-hmm. No matter what, he's you know. It, let's be real. That's what happens when you become a billionaire or a multimillionaire and you literally can fly private jets everywhere and you're rubbing elbows with these famous people, like the most powerful people in the in the industry. He, he's kind of lost his connection to like just being a, a, a normal person. You know what I mean? And that just there's, happens. There's not a lot of rappers and not a lot of punk rockers who have good third albums. Yeah. Hey, don't get me wrong. He's still hilarious in, in bits. He can still do bits. Mm-hmm. He's a, a master joke teller. He's just telling some really kind of played and tired jokes, bro. Yeah, he's on the uh, he's right now on the go fuck yourself pile with James Dolan. So 
Okay. I just want to say real quick, uh, your boy quickly is averaging almost 19 points, five rebounds, and five assists a game as a Toronto Raptor. If you Because he's that. awesome. And he's shooting gonna come. 47% from three on six threes a night. I don't know if you yeah. have done that either. He's, he is going to come to the Garden on Saturday. For, yeah. He's tested for greatness. Yeah. <laughs> 19, 5, and 5, and 47% from three. That's incredible. And yet yeah. they traded him for a guy who might be going 50, 40, 90 in OG. Like, OG's nice, dude. He's nice. And he, he, he shores up the defense. He can guard everywhere from like basically two through five. He's, he's a good piece. Love a dude who hits a corner three with regularity, too. That's uh, like clockwork. He's like, he's like a metronome. Yeah. All right. Before we get out of here, uh, what are you guys hoping to see? at the trade deadline um, one way or another, just like who are you hoping makes a big move? Who's, who's in a good spot to change things up a little bit here from what we're thinking are the, are the ways. Um, I have been sitting here gleefully warming my hands over the dumpster fire that are the warriors. Um, as even before they smacked the Celtics in the, in the final couple years ago, I've, I've been, I've detested the warriors and their fake humble, uh, their bandwagon fans, their billionaire new uh, ownership that's like, we're going to spend the money to get, and that, hey, that's what you want, but they did it and they dominated the league in a way I hate it. So watching them fall apart has been absolutely delightful. Um, watching them lose to the Memphis Grizzlies uh, with like, you know, a bunch of G Leaguers was incredible. And I, I hope that they trade out one of their key guys just so I can watch their fan base just cry into their soup every so I'm hoping that uh, Clay Thompson or Draymond gets traded. Probably won't happen, but that's what I'm hoping for at the trade. I hope that they make a seismic shift and trade Wiggins and one of Clay or Draymond and really make a move to clear the decks a little bit because I want that fan base to suffer. I'm all for that after they move from Oakland. Nothing good happens after you move out of Oakland. Yeah, they moved into that big glitzy tech, tech stadium with all the bros, the yeah. tech bros. Priced all their real fans out. I don't give a damn what happens to them now. Someone got mad at me on Twitter for saying that they priced all their real fans out. And I was like, look, I can say this because I'm a Knicks fan and I've been able to afford to go to like five games. <laughs> like, there's, yeah. there's no way that I'm ever going to like more than like two games a year. It just ain't happening yeah. unless, unless this business of casual diehard really strikes us rich and or, um, yeah, we can scam our way into some press passes, which is part if of the plan. If you strike a witch for this, I get I get twenty five percent. I'm not sure if that's exactly how the math will work, but uh, you're welcome to remain with us and and be part of it. And I hope that you do come back and uh, and join us again, James. We're right back I get free you I get free Bodega Cats merch. Absolutely, stay tuned for CasualDieHard.com. That's where the Bodega Cats merch uh, will live. Ace is wearing the hat. How is that hat? It's awesome. This one is... Uh, this one and the Bronx one are kind of like the same material. Real stretchy. I like it. It's good. I like the, the blue, get that tank too. top, baby. It's real like... Get that tank top. Yeah. yeah. Real blue. James like has a, a Bodega Cats tank top on the way. Uh, nice. <laughs> sometime in February, y'all will... Uh, get to see the Bodega Cats merch and buy it for yourself and we'll have uh, we'll have more hoop talk sometime 
very soon because this is fun. <laughs> I had a great time. James, yeah. you come back sometime? Man, I'll come on anytime you want to. And um, right. just kind of I'll just come here and just be a terror and just let me come on after a Knicks loss next time. That'd be so much fun. Oh, man. All right, we'll, we'll work on that, and um, it shouldn't be too long because that uh, that's how we roll here. Um, yeah. Just wait till they get on the road against a good team. Uh, that's it for our show tonight. We're, we're tired. We've had a long day, long night, talking Knicks, talking other NBA. Ace, James, thank you guys so much for, uh, for being part of this. Thanks for having me on, guys. You guys rock. Absolutely. See Love you guys it. later. Love you.